Hi, I'm Nicole Brewster. I'm the president and CEO of Renforth Resources. I'm very happy to speak to you today about our Surimo and Parbeck properties in northwestern Quebec. Nicole, nice to meet you. Um, Renforth Resources is not a company that I know, so I'm pleased in what you're about and what your your milestones and goals are for the for the near term. Um, <clears throat> your flagship property is Surimo. Surimo. So could you just give a quick introduction to that and tell me um, what you're currently working on on that project? For sure. Surimo, it's the Surimo district property, uh, so named because it's 330 square kilometers, um, which is about four and a half times the size of the island of Manhattan for a, a tangible reference. Uh, it's located in northwestern Quebec. It's road accessible via the northern route of the Trans-Canada Highway and uh, the service roads to two hydroelectric dams, which are south of the property, whose uh, power lines run over the property. In fact, the, the road and the power lines go right over the mineralization, providing us exceptional logistics. We're outside of the towns of Cadillac and uh, Malartic, contiguous to the Canadian Malartic Open Pit Mine, which is Canada's largest, in a very established mining camp. Um, but in a very underexplored region, the Pontiac uh, sediments have been almost entirely overlooked because we're right south of the Cadillac Break, which every couple of kilometers has a world-class um, mine located upon it. So very little exploration in the area. And then our Parbeck property is um, 1.8 kilometers of the Cadillac Break and hosts an open pit gold resource, which was calculated in May of 2020 on 27,000 meters. And we now have another 28,000 meters of data generated um, we're assessing it internally to plot our next steps uh, with regard to growing our Parbeck gold deposit, which is contiguous to the Canadian Malone open pit mine. Let's 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 park Parbeck for, for to the one side for now. But you know that, that's a traditional uh, gold yeah. area. Um, in 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 Surimo, but you're you're not looking for gold, are you? I mean, you're you're, you're targeting. Um, the, the kind of the battery metal suite, the the the, the nickel, nickel, copper, copper, cobalt, PGM suite. Is, is that a? Does that mean that it's underexplored for PGMs, or is it underexplored for golds, gold in total? It's underexplored for. It's entirely underexplored for base metals. I'll back up a little bit of history. The mineralization, our Victoria Horizon, which is about twenty kilometers long, and our Lalande, which right now is about nine kilometers long of ground-proofed um, geophysical indicated mineralization. Um, they were both discovered as the road was pushed from the town of Cadillac south to build the Rapid 7 hydroelectric generating station dam. Um, they found both areas of mineralization. A little bit of exploration was done. It was discovered in the 40s, a bit of exploration in the 40s and 60s. Most robust exploration was in the 1980s by Lack Minerals looking for gold. So when they found next to no gold or very low-grade gold in an established, as you pointed out, historic gold camp, they moved on, ignoring the nickel and the copper that they had discovered. So our interest and our structures are best presented right now as large-scale, low-grade nickel sulfide polymetallic because we have an ultramafic intrusive, which gives us the nickel cobalt PGEs, um, you know, the, that typical mineralization. And it's occurring at the same place um, as a VMS that's giving us copper, zinc, silver, 
and only a tiny bit of gold right now. But we're only scratching the surface on the VMS. We, in fact, see it best um, in our stripped area. We see it on surface much more robustly than we're seeing it in drill holes. We figure we're in the stringer zone of the drilling for the VMS. So you know that you know your projects really well. I'm com coming from the outside. Um, and the this nickel cobalt PGE kind of mineralization that you're talking about um, that was discovered as they were putting the roads through. Um, what are your what are your vectors that you've got for this? What are your data points? You know, do you have some um, some some grade information which is giving you a handle on? You described it as low grade mineralization, but what do you mean by that? I mean, and and is that based on um, trenching? Is that based on drill results? You know, where's your what's your data base for your m mineralization? Okay, so our data points for the strike of our mineralization, the 20 kilometers and the nine kilometers respectively, are geophysical. We we were working initially from government geophysics. We subsequently flew our own much denser, um, better quality magnetic survey in conjunction with an EM survey. The EM seeing the sulfides to perhaps 100 meters depth. And then we ground truth across the 20 kilometers and nine kilometers of structure, vectoring off the EM, which we've proven to be a successful technique in that where the geologists could um, access outburden, overburden in conjunction with an EM um, reading, they found mineralization on surface. Now, in terms of the grade, um, and the makeup of the two different bodies. We, of course, started with historic information and did our own prospecting type um, grab sampling upon acquisition of the claims. But we've since taken our own work. Uh, we've leveled it up with um, systemic grab sampling, then channel sampling, um, stripping and trenching, as well as drilling. We've drilled off 2.2 kilometers of the a 20 kilometer Victoria structure, starting from the road and working to the west. Albeit our drilling is um, 5,600 meters or so, and it's uh, it's fairly shallow. Um, we're not vertically below 200 meters in depth yet. And even that, the deepest is only um, a, two or three holes that have gone deeper. So much more drilling to do, as well as uh, we're waiting on a bunch of assays, but we could change our picture of our grade. But it is being, it, I am speaking off of uh, information we've generated to date. And have you, can you give me some kind of typical intersections or perhaps even your better intersections that you've drilled um, uh, just in terms of nickel grade and PGE grade and kind of thicknesses? Are we talking uh, 10 centimeters, one a meter? You know, just give me an indication of kind of the style of the structure that you're looking at. Yeah, we're talking tens of meters into the hundreds, you know, hundred and change. Um, because, of course, the drill hole's angled, so it's not true width. But we're seeing a structure underground right now, which is a true width of about 125 meters. In terms of grade, the nickel alone is in the 0 0.2, 0 0.25, perhaps, average range. Of course, it's polymetallic, so we've got other metals involved that will add economic interest. However, we know there's pentlandite in the system and the nickel, the nickel um, at about 100 and 107, 180 meters depth, that sort of number, we drilled 1.5 meters of 3.4% uh, nickel if memory serves. So we do see higher grade nickel as well. Um, but 
right now, there's the larger amount of lower grade material with the other uh, payable metals also in the picture. And the strike extent that you're talking about is is long and large. You know, twenty meters, twenty kilometers by any measure is is, is a long uh, feature. Is that a is that a structural unit or is that a kind of a lithological unit? Is it an emplacement? Uh, is it kind of a geological continuity or is it um, of of a lithology or is it a structure? We 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 think it's an intrusive. It's both. They're both intrusive related, but we don't. Uh... We don't have a geological answer yet. We don't have enough information. We've had this property workable in our hands for a bit more than a year now um, and been concentrating largely on the surface work just to determine extent. And in fact, we're still going to concentrate on surface work a bit more this fall before the snow flies. And then we'll be back to drilling because we'll we'll switch gears and be concentrating on a specific six kilometers from the road to the western property boundary where we have um, the highest priority EM targets, in fact, in order to put a, a, an initial inferred resource together. It's looking like it's the, the, two, the two mineralizations are both, you know, intrusive of some sort. Okay, interesting. Um, well, Nicole, I've just pulled up this map of um, the Surimo license area, and perhaps you could talk me through it, um, kind of orientate me with the main features of what we're looking at here. For sure. Um, and thanks. So you can see in the map, this is um, government geophysics, and there's been a dashed orange line superimposed over uh, the two features because this projection isn't the best of the geophysics. But the the southern, the bottom dashed orange line is the Victoria horizon, which is 20 kilometers. Then the top um, dashed orange line shows you the Lalonde horizon, but we've only ground truthed about nine kilometers of it. Now, both areas of mineralization that we're focused on are more or less aligned with the blue dots, which say Victoria Lalonde zinc nickel occurrence. Yes. Yeah, you see those blue dots? Yeah, um, And yeah, on this map, in fact, the blue dots all show historic um, locations of exploration with polymetallic results and the the yellow dots show gold results and if you go right up to the top of Surimo just out of interest although I don't talk about it much we made a virgin copper discovery in the very northern part of the property which is shown with an orange dot but the areas we're focused on really are the Victoria and Lalonde blue dots and the area to the west or to the left of those two dots specifically at Victoria, the the southern one, moving to the left, you can see how the structure folds and the yes. the the magnetic anomaly grows in strength. So our highest priority EM targets or sulfide targets are in fact um, right near the western end, where where there's an interpretive fold in the structure. Okay, and um, you have you got two sets of field crews out at the moment? Are they kind of stripping and and um, channel sampling? So yeah. um, so, so I, there, you're you got... just beside Victoria. Yeah. And this is Lalonde. Right. And then just to the north is Lalonde. Okay. Yeah. So we had crews that have just come in from the field, actually, that did small-scale stripping um, and trenching uh, at both Lalonde and Victoria. Lalonde, we're growing it. Um, 
and using trenching to do it. And we've seen the best mineralization on the property, actually. Um, and at Victoria, this summer we discovered that last summer where we did the sampling, before we flew the detailed magnetic or EM survey, we did some stripping, large-scale stripping of 275 meters. Um, and we, we sampled that. We drilled under it. And what we've subsequently discovered is that there's two bands of mineralization um, on Victoria. It dilates in that area. They pinch back together a little bit to the west, and then they dilate into two bands again. So we missed the northern band in our initial work at Victoria. So we've actually just received permits for work, a bit more work before it snows here. And we're going to... Um, trench to the north of Victoria to go over that northern band and to get a better read on where it is so that our, our next drilling will take into account being behind that northern band because our 125 meter wide structure we see in drilling is just the southern band. We don't know okay. what happens to the northern one at depth. So, And I was, I was going to ask because you... we'll be we'll be doing a bit more trenching. Um, if you say that you've, you're actually getting the better mineralization on La Londe, which is the northernmost band, and you've got 125 meters true width on Victoria, which is in the southern uh, trend, um, what does that mean that La Londe is looking like? What are you what, what are you seeing there? On surface, on surface, it's tens of meters, which in, in places Victoria on surface is tens of meters. We hit a few challenges because when the guys were working at a man scale, the best mineralized area, the mineralization goes, goes along and then it goes up into a, like a, not a big cliff. It's only a couple meters, but when you're working with hand tools and saws, and then it continues over and it keeps going into overburden or actually it's, I was, I was rattling around up there. It's not even overburden. It's a, it's forest detritus, but we don't know. We don't know because the guys couldn't carry it up the cliff and over. So that's why we'll go in and we've permitted large scale stripping, not as big as what we did at Victoria. And instead of going east, west along strike, we're going to go north, south to cross cut it. We've permitted paths, which are be between I think the stripped area is meant to be somewhere between five and 10 meters wide. The chipped area will be wider again, and that'll allow the guys to cut probably two, well, one or two channels. Um, but it'll allow them to see kind of the extent because we don't really know the extent yet. Nor do we have assays from our work earlier this summer. I was, was going to say, remind me how many, how many meters you drilled earlier. Well, Victoria, over the 2.2 kilometers, it's 5,600 and... 45 meters maybe 5600 anyway and and do you have plans to do more drilling budgets permitting yes yeah the the focus pending what we see with lalonde because our plan the plans were kind of conceptualized before the guys got stripping at lalonde but the focus is definitely for our work victoria is more advanced so it'll probably be the first across the line in terms of a resource, but the focus is very much to drive towards resource now. Will we do, will, we will drill alone? Will we do enough or how much will it take? I don't have the answer. We have a QP group that the end of this month into next month has availability to start looking at the existing drill data for Victoria to tell me what an acceptable drill spacing would be to work towards an inferred resource. And from there, we'll then backward engineer, okay, we're going to, you know, 
where are we gonna where are we gonna focus? And um, um, you say you've drilled. Is it the whole six kilometers, or is it, you, you say you've drilled off um, two point two kilometers of Victoria? What was your line spacing? You know, if you're doing these fences across the the the, the, the feature, you know, are you talking two hundred meters, four hundred meters apart? A bit less than two hundred in in one instance. Well, so we did the bigger spaced drilling, a couple hundred meters between each hole. Then we went in and between two sets of holes that encompass the historic trenching, um, they were 275 meters apart. So we stripped the entire width between them with little cross cuts to the north and the south. And the cross cuts to the north didn't go far enough to catch the northern horizon. It's probably about 60 to 75 meters between the southern and the northern horizon in that area. Um, so we'll continue that cross cut north. But in that instance, that was 275 meter spacing. Well, then we went in and we undercut um, with five drill holes, if memory serves. Um, we undercut um, the stripped area as well. So that drilling is tighter together. But generally speaking, it's a couple hundred meters between the existing drill holes. So you've got some fences 200 meters apart. Then in between, you've got channel samples with a kind of a, an under, an under hole. Um, interesting. Um, and yeah. what was the yeah. what was the PGE component? You know, what did your your th um, three platinum groups? I mean, are you talking a gram? Are you talking three grams? A point one of a gram? You know, what 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 are you l looking at from your contribution from the from the precious metals? Or is it uh, in in other words, how much of this is being driven by nickel? This is being driven by nickel. The the um, the precious metals component. Um, is it's very low. In fact, we did do some uh, some testing for the PGEs, but the numbers the numbers are very low. And in fact, <laughs> it's frustrating because those numbers lag significantly behind our existing exploration work. So we uh, we we have to reassay um, the better nickel intervals for the PGEs. So. We uh, it's it's very low numbers. This does not look like it's going to be a nickel project that morphs into a PGE project like they did in Australia. I mean, I could I could always be corrected, right? Because we don't truly know. But um, right now, it's being driven by nickel. Yeah. Okay. Um, clear. And do you see the same um, mineral suites? Do you see kind of the same? Um, features nickel um, driving it on the Lalonde trend in the north, the same as you've seen in the in in Victoria. Yeah, same mineralization. They're they're about three point if memory serves. They're about three point seven kilometers apart, um, but the mineralization is pretty much the same. So we, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting in that we don't know if there's a relationship between the two of them yet at all. There could well be. Okay, and uh, just just for my clarity, my, my my thought process, can you just tell me what the the, the news flow is going to be out of um, um, Surimo for the next six to nine months? So the next six to nine months, you'll see us. Well, we're still, as I told you, um, we're still awaiting uh, the drilling results from the work we did do uh, the last round of trenching. Um, the labs are abysmal at the at the moment, so that'll be announced at some point once received. Also announced will be the permitting for a more the more senior round of trenching the the north south cross cutting as we uh, 
as we um, spoke about, and then we'll do the trenching. That'll generate results. We will announce as well um, at some point the uh, the fact that we're going to drill into the uh, into the end of the year. So, you know, that's kind of your news flow. You know, continued, continuous. And that's just the Suramo stream. There, there will be a little bit of, uh, there will be a little bit of um, Parbeck news as well. Well, let's talk about Parbeck now. So um, I, I, I could see from that earlier map that it's just on the west end of the, kind of the Canadian um, uh, Malarctic kind of package and mine. Um, you've got, um, what is it? You've got about a hundred and just over 100,000 ounces in the indicator category at Parbeck at 1.8 grams a tonne plus another 100, just under 180,000, 177,000 ounces at the same grade, more or less. So um, you're talking just, you know, almost 300,000 ounces at Parbeck. Right at the beginning of the interview, you said you were going to be getting more data out of Parbeck. Could you just kind of remind me of that, please? Yeah, so we um, we calculated in May 2020 the resource you just spoke to at Parbeck. And then subsequent to that, we drilled 15,000 meters of new data. That was infill drilling. It was a bit of down dip extension drilling, like down dip holes. Um, but it was also some uh, duplication of, of historic drill holes. The function of that was to validate uh, 13,000 meters of um, historic drilling, which was excluded from the May 2020 resource, in fact. Um, and it, it it's key drilling because it was it was the area of historic focus, which when we acquired Parbeck, we didn't redrill what had already been done extensively. We did do some twinning, but we've done some or some near holes. Now we've done outright twinning to validate that data. So that brings a total of 28,000 meters of data into the picture for a resource that was calculated on 27,000 meters of data. Um, we're going to internally go through that data uh, and then decide, you know, we saw we've extended the mineralization down dip. We did some very ballsy step downs or we did some more prudent step downs. So we know we, we've got continuity or the continuation of mineralization to depth. We did a little bit of infill work which again, continuity of mineralization, because we're on the Cadillac break, it didn't go anywhere. So we have to determine if we're going to stop here and recalculate the resource um, in a pretty apathetic junior mining market, or if we're going to just take the updated model and use it for our own exploration purposes, as well as have it available under CA to anybody who's shopping for a gold deposit and looking at um, Parbeck. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a nice... That's kind of what we're up to. Um, 1.8 grams a ton is a nice is a nice grade. You know, that really, it really helps. Um, the, 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 the higher above one gram... Yeah, Canadian Ballardic went to market with one gram. And since then, other mines have done the same. Uh, realistically, uh, Parbeck... And Parbeck has optionality. There was a sensitivity done. So as you well know, if you raise the cutoff grade... You can raise your resource grade, but you'll lose you'll lose tonnage along the way. Um, so there is a high grade component to Parbeck, and we saw that in our own drilling. We saw uh, several holes that were uh, we got a couple over the hundred, uh, the metal factor of a hundred. We got we got a whole bunch over fifty. Um, so we could present it as a high grade resource or high grade feed for 
neighboring mines that are that are chewing through their own resources. So that would be the the strategy. Equally, you can flip it the other way, and if you get a run you on know, the, gold, the, the, the gold price, and there and people want tons, you could lower the cutoff grade, and kind of you could probably recut this as a one and a half grams or one point three grams, which is still probably better than the 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 feed feedstock for most of the operations locally. Um, yeah, and you could boost your boost your boost your tons. Yeah, because you've also got the currency factor, right? So you you've got optionality with. Gold's wonderful because it's it's denominated in U.S. dollars, and we operate in Canadian. So, you know, you can have fun with it, and it it can provide different solutions to people. Or, you know, maybe we end up custom milling it. But I'm kind of waiting to see what happens this fall because our neighbor, Canadian Malartic, is going to go from being jointly owned by Agnico and Yamana to being jointly owned by Agnico and Goldfields, and Goldfields is the big old boy. Um, so to have them in the camp is actually quite exciting. Yeah. And we'll see what, uh, we'll see what they do once they get established. That's, that sounds like some very low cost optionality coming through Parbeck there, which is kind of a, a kind of a value block for your, uh, kind of, a, um, a, a valuation kind of, um, starting block when one is looking at, um, Renforth. Great. Well, thank you very much. Um, Nicole, really nice talking to you. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, seeing those results when they come out from um, particularly Surimo. So do I. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun when we finally get them from the lab. And however, because it's base metals or battery metals, it's it's neat because we can work on visuals. Uh, geologists, their eyes are trained. They can recognize the mineralization is easily recognizable and we know if we're in it or not. So we can forge ahead um, with our with our summer work summer fall work without waiting on the lab so which is lovely